Hey, hi, hello, table fans. Welcome to another episode of From A to 10, the Marnita's Table Podcast. We're going to be talking about something near and dear to my heart. Food. How do you feel about that, Marnita? It's the food oh, podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's the food. We've decided this is the food podcast. The food podcast. podcast. All caps. <sighs> Crowds are roaring. It is so central to everything we do. Yeah. Eating, eating well together. Sharing a great meal in company across difference. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, intentional social interaction. The model that we use is centered around a feast. And to be to be quite honest, I'm not sure why you would do anything that isn't centered around a feast. That's kind of that's kind of my priorities. Other people are like, you know, faith, country, family. Mine's like food, community, food again, maybe. And then food. And then food. Did we, did we mention just, food? Yeah, that's that. That's my priorities, but and of that course, is my religion. What song is that? Losing my religion. I'm using my religion when I eat food. <laughs> that was nice. That was that was that was clever. Very topical. Losing my religion. A top forty hit from today. Um, yeah. So, uh, food being kind of the center of everything we do at the table, it's really important to us and kind of for what we do that everything that we do be accessible. And that means having our feasts be appropriate from vegan to carnivore, be appropriate to people with different health needs, people with different uh, dietary restrictions, whether those are cultural or entirely entirely personal. So I know some people just can't eat something for whatever reason. I've had people not like things just because of the texture. Exactly. I don't eat that. It's true. But in fact, the the feast being from vegan to carnivore is such a centerpiece of what we do and making people feel welcome, you know, and people get anxious if they're going to a community conversation or you just into somebody's house for dinner and they don't think they can get what they need to eat. And we had this woman who came to the table very early and when it was in 2005, it was still in our living room and she was celiac. She had celiac disease. And you know, she came up and said, oh, my God, you do a taco par. You use corn tortillas. I'm a vegetarian. I have to go to I'm a I'm a community health worker. I'm out in the field all the time. And when people hear that I'm a vegetarian and I can't eat wheat, they literally put salad down. And I mean, lettuce. lettuce. I mean, lettuce. Yeah, I feel like, like what else, what else can you eat? They, I feel like you can have a lettuce wrap with lettuce inside. So that's I guess that's a head of lettuce. Right. Exactly. Because, you know, because then, you know, often dressings have a little bit of gluten in them or they they have right. gluten, croutons. croutons a right. And so there's these. And if you're a vegetarian, if you're vegan, you're not eating eggs like there's. You know, so people just decide, oh, well, all you can eat is this head of lettuce. Uh, uh, you they know, kind of not, expect you to graze like a, right. like a rabbit, like right. cattle. Right. They're, they're not looking at, you know, lentils and rice as a potential form of protein, which it is. They're generally not for formatting things in a more buffet style where people can pick their own ingredients. Right. Where you could avoid something and just and get what you need, which is something we often do at the table. And and, and you know what? We really don't care if it's health or culture. I mean, we care if, if it's health so that we can avoid steer you away so right. you know if you a, celi- a celiac person can't eat something that's like right. touched gluten right. so we we do we uh we do care about those differences because the last right. thing you want to catch uh at a at a dinner party is a body and then a case you see right i had to explain what that was to marnita earlier today <laughs> yes although when we do our public health when we do our um reducing the numbers of kids of color in the criminal justice system we also talk about how people call talk about catching a case so this is another so i i was familiar with the catching a case <laughs> it thing is, it is relevant to our other work <laughs> it, it is relative to our other work in other ways i just had not heard of catching a body before 
which which is probably good since just I'm the exact good, chef of the order. Yeah, it's probably good. I'm glad I don't my mother know has never caught a body. That's well, I'm knocking on wood on that one. Um, but but really, this vegan to carnivore health versus culture. You know, so we have people who are Muslim or Jewish or. Um, right. So we had a, we had an event this weekend uh, where the caterers originally hadn't put out labels for uh, for what was and wasn't pork. Um, for example, we had we had sausages. Yes. Um, and so doing making sure just little things like that to make it very clear because a sausage can be made of anything. Yes. You, you see a sausage, it is literally mystery meat <laughs> until until a label has been placed on it to let you know. And we actually did. Have, I think we had. Two types of three types three, of sausage. Yeah, so, so we had we had vegan sausage. So vegans would want to know that. And then we had beef sausage, mm-hmm. and then of course we had pork sausage. Right. And so just little things like that, so that there's a sausage there for pretty much anybody. Yeah. So it's always pretty essential to be very mindful of accessibility when hosting feasts, especially if you want people to feel authentically welcome, which I feel like you should always want. Exactly. I agree. Yeah. So uh, let us know if you have any thoughts or if you know anyone with any really interesting dietary restrictions. And if you uh, if you want us to come up with uh, with possible solutions for you, if you've got a grandma who won't eat anything with a, a chewy texture and is a vegan and has celiac disease and also can't do anything with high sodium, let us know and we'll think of something, perhaps, perhaps a porridge of some variety. <laughs> a porridge. It'll be a... Fierce porridge, full of umami, full of umami in that porridge. Yes. Hey, so the seasons are changing. You can feel the change in the air. Now we have the first cold rain. Usually the rains in the summer are nice. and Oh, the, the, the garden needed that, you know? But then we had our first really teeth-chatteringly cold storm uh, this weekend. Yes, and we had an event, and um, we had just switched. We said, well, it's, it's middle of September. Let's go from our salad bar feast to our soup bar, and it, the, the rain actually came on the day of it. Yeah, people people thought you had a future site. They did, and they came in. They were like, oh, it's so cold, and they were so happy. And for our soup bar this time, we had a beef and uh, a beef and bean chili with some cheese and things on the side. Something simple, not intimidating. Kids can enjoy it. I think if, yep. and currently in American culture, I think everyone's kind of had a chili yep and then we had a take on a vichyssoise it's a senegalese soup that has apples and bananas in it that's quite amazing that's very complex it's about 30 different ingredients but it's really lovely it's got this beautiful yellow color it's really visually engaging it is visually engaging and then our last one is our red natalie soup which we invented a number of years ago probably 10 to 12 years ago now, 10 years ago now. Wow. Um, that is a vegan soup that is red chard, red potato, and red lentil. Oh, I see I see why they, it gets the name now. Yes. <laughs> it actually was also named um, after a, a Natalie who was a good, good friend of the table who we always made vegan food and we almost always made them Indian spiced and, mm-hmm. this, and she was very French and so we used marjoram which is very um, forward in French food and so it's also that it was also a nod to sort of a different cultural style in our food because often when we use lentils and things we used ginger and cardamom and other things that were more present in Indian and Bangladeshi food so right. the, oh, the red natalie is so good I think I, when I see the V on a, on a vegan uh vegan food on like a menu I turn up my nose as an avowed carnist but uh, I think the red natalie is one of the few vegan foods I would I wouldn't even personally add meat to it to, to, to improve it I, I, I see a salad and I want to just put some steak in it but red natalie is just Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's got good mouthfeel. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was actually, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but I'm the exec chef of Marnita's Table. And um, it was the, I think it's the best recipe I ever invented. Oh, 
I mean, I, I like a lot of your recipes, but I think I think that is one of the best, and I'm excited to carry it forward uh, in our in our fall uh, menus. Yep, because it's soup season. We are now into the uh, autumnal foods. Autumnal. Just so we get to say the word autumnal a bit more. So this last week we had one of the funnest meals we've had in a while, and we want to recommend it to anybody who's looking to bring people together across difference. Breakfast as dinner. Or brinner, as the the kids and tastemakers call it. I mustn't be either a kid or a tastemaker. I'm just a person who likes breakfast as dinner. You said a nummy. Yep. And breakfast as dinner is amazing. First of all, we found it to be very popular. Every every time we suggested it, people were like, oh my God, I love breakfast as dinner. It was like, kids in the room, they loved it. There was an old woman in the room, she loved it. They all loved it. They all loved it. They wanted it. Um, and so what's really great about breakfast as dinner is, first of all, you can make waffles. By the way, you can also just get three or four toasters and do toaster waffles if you want to. So the other thing is that you can actually do this for kind of low budget. You can do it for not too much money. You can do it uh, pretty informally. You could have three friends bring toasters. It's a lot easier for potluck than a lot of like dinner entrees are. It's a lot easier for potlucks. You can go all the way out to the salad bar. I mean, on the salad bar, the cereal bar idea where you actually can have... Um, and you could people could bring hot cereals as well as mm-hmm. cold cereals. You so, have people bring their own favorite Lucky Charms or Fruit Loops or yes, exactly. I'm a Rice Krispie girl. I'm a Frosted Flakes ride or die over here. That's good. And the great thing is, you can also then also people who are soy intolerant, wheat intolerant, dairy intolerant can also bring. They could bring the coconut milk or the almond milk or the. The whole milk or the people who like skim milk, which I don't understand people who like skim milk on their cereal. It's just not rich enough for me. We all make our own choices. We all make, but we all make our own choices. And that's what's beautiful about Brenner. Absolutely. It's also perfect for everything from the most health minded of health nuts who only wants maybe steel cut oatmeal and one vegan sausage before their three, three K in the morning to uh, people more of my own, my own uh, heart, my own jib, cut of my own jib, I guess. Is that a phrase? Uh, Who are big dessert hedonists who want to pile whipped cream on top of whipped cream on top of a waffle with whipped cream under it as a nice foundation. Right. Which is also another choice. Another choice. We can make. And for instance, we had three kinds of, we had three kinds of sausages. So we had vegan, completely Mm -hmm. so because people often don't think about vegans in terms of those kind of things so you know you can really mix it up you can really do a lot with breakfast as dinner it's affordable it's a great vegan to carnivore feast we like it here at the food episode of the podcast yeah i think we approve yep we approve we approve two out of two people and our producer approve sam nods in the background sam nods in the background approve breakfast is dinner so that was uh, the first The Food episode of the podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. We're planning to do more of these because the food is just so central to everything that we do. Absolutely. And if you have ideas or you want to ask us some questions about how we can make your episode, your food episodes in the future better, every episode that you have when you counter food better. Write us, email us, send us a note. We'll answer your questions on air. Yeah, if you have any thoughts about accessibility or recipes or things that make really good buffets, just reach out and uh, we might we might talk about it in our next hashtag, The Food Podcast. The Food Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. It's been an honor.